It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just Well, down. welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And I thought this morning it would be nice to share some of my qualifications as a nutritionist. You know, I have a master's degree. I'm a certified nutrition specialist through the American College of Nutrition. I'm a very proud to be a licensed nutritionist through the state of Minnesota. And joining me today as our co-host is Anna Derhock, who also has her master's degree and is a licensed nutritionist through the state of Minnesota. You know, I've been in private practice as a nutritionist since 1992 or longer. That's as far back as I can remember. (laughs) And I've been licensed since 1996, ever since the state of Minnesota started to license nutritionists and dietitians. And I was excited to have that happen. And Anna, at a very young age, completed her master's degree and an internship and has been licensed since 2009. So welcome to the show, Anna. Thanks, Dar. It's great to be here. You know, often we are asked, what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? You know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have both on staff. But Anna, tell listeners, because we hear this all the time, don't we? Yes, we do, especially in our classes. So basically, a dietitian needs to complete their bachelor's degree in dietetics, um, so it's just a four-year program. And then they also do an internship, which is usually about six to 12 months long. And then they can apply to be licensed by the state, um, but they also have to take an RD exam. So they have to pass that, and then they can be licensed. Um, and then a nutritionist needs to complete a master's degree in nutrition. Um, and they also need a 900-hour internship, which basically works out to be about five months Mm-hmm. So five to six months. Five right. to six months it depends, and then um, and then they can again apply for licensure by the state. Um, so that's basically the difference. You know, it's really mm-hmm. this the schooling. I would say right. Yeah. So again, we have both nutritionists and dietitians on staff, and our focus at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to teach people to eat real food for healing and improving their health. And basically to stay away from that processed stuff. Yep. Because the processed food. stuff will, will, it will kill you. Eventually it will kill you. And that's not, you know, it's, it's not it to be taken lightly. So, no. um, and speaking of processed foods, Dar, did you realize that Cheerios is celebrating their 70th birthday? So they've been along around almost as long as me. <laughs> I know, I know. You're three years older. Um, so, but let's kind of take a, a peek at the Ch- Cheerios nutrition label. Okay. okay. So, looking at it, um, two cups of Cheerios contain about 40 grams of carbohydrates, or in your body, this actually turns into 10 teaspoons of sugar. But then you have to add the half a cup of skim milk. Right. Because it's usually skim milk. And mm-hmm. then a teaspoon of table sugar because it's just not sweet enough. That's right. Yeah. And and then you're actually eating 12 teaspoons of sugar. And that's before you would eat maybe some toast with that and a glass of orange juice. Right. Which is not four ounces anymore. It's more like eight to 12. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, my grandma has little four ounce glasses still, but they don't make those anymore. No, that's right. 
<laughs> so if you're a diabetic or have insulin resistance, and we know that, uh, what, at least 80% of the population now has insulin resistance, yep. 12 teaspoons of sugar is just too much sugar for breakfast, yep. especially when you realize you're only getting two grams of fiber. Right, and that whole bowl, that's not that very bowl. much. You know, if you ate two cups of broccoli, you'd be getting 10 grams of fiber and only about two teaspoons of sugar or glucose in your body. Right, which does nothing nothing to raise insulin levels or anything like that. That's so. right. Um, so really, when you do the math on this, you can see why nearly 10% of the world's adults have diabetes. The world. So that's not just in our in our nation, but the world. So processed cereals, you know, like Cheerios and other things are just way too high in carbohydrates for, um, you know, people to be eating them on a regular basis. Even a weekly basis sometimes is way too much. So um, I would say, especially if you have diabetes, you do not want to be doing cold cereal. No, you know, exactly. So. so just think about this headline that was in all the newspapers this past week. One in 10 adults now are diabetic. Mm. One in 10 adults. Scary. As the Star and Tribune reported, this is a sobering conclusion of a study published in the Lancet Journal. Dr. Frank Hugh from the Harvard School of Public Health said, it has the potential to overwhelm the health system of many countries. Mm. I think it that is just, I mean, it's shocking. He, he didn't even say it strong enough. Right. You know, so our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to alert you to the dangers of foods such as some of these cereals. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cheerios, the Smart Starts, the Raisin Brand, or any processed sugar cereal. You know, mm-hmm. I think cereal, I think sugar, you know. <laughs> Even the so-called right. health cereal, such as Kashi, yes. is still high in carbohydrates. Right. So all you have to do is look at the nutrition label. So everybody that's got a box of cereal out there, <laughs> look at the nutrition. Find the number of carbs per serving. Yes. And sometimes that serving size says a half a cup. Sometimes it says three-fourths of a cup. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a fourth of a cup. So look at the serving size yeah. and decide how many servings you typically eat. Yes. No one, well, very few people, I won't say no one, but very few people will eat the serving size. Right. Because nobody really, me- not a lot of people measure out three-quarters cup. Yeah. So. so then add up all the carbs. And then the magic formula is take that number of carbs Divide by four, and then you have the amount of sugar or glucose that your body will experience. Right. So it's, you know, and as many, you know, as our listeners know, I probably have three little ones at home. Hello, Isabel, Genevieve, and Luke. I told them I'd say hi. So, <laughs> um, and they're hanging out with my husband, Russ. Um, but I don't, they've, they've never had cereal. They, you know, they don't, I, they probably don't even know what it is. You don't use it as little treats? I don't lose, use it as treats or snacks or whatever, because I know it's not good for them. And, and it's not going to help fill them up and, you know, give them good nutrients. So I just, you know, I just have never gone there. And um, a big, a big reason why I got into nutrition is because of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, he has type 2 diabetes. He's had it since he was in his 40s. Um, and wow, and, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's 70, he's gotta be 78 now. Okay. Um, and he has had so many complications from it. Um, he has heart disease. Um, he's had a couple angioplasties, um, colon cancer, fluid around the heart. 
Um, so I just don't want my kids to end up like that. And I know that, you know, if you eat too much of that, those processed carbohydrates that contain quite a bit of sugar, that's, you know, that's, you're setting yourself up for that. So I just, I, you know, I want to prevent it as best as I can. So Anna, so what in the world do you feed your kids for these? (laughs) You know, I see so many kids in strollers chewing on the Cheerios. Yep. So what do you have your kids chewing on rather than Cheerios. Um, well, actually, my kids are actually really good um, vegetable eaters. Okay. They, I mean, they love broccoli. Um, the, Isabel, which I was so mad at myself, she asked for for a snack, celery and peanut butter, and I didn't have either one in my house. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, yesterday, just yesterday. I was like, do you want some carrots and hummus or I could slice up an avocado? And she's like, no, I want celery and peanut butter. I was so mad. I was like, I'll get some tomorrow. So, I mean, that's the stuff they asked for. Um, they love deviled eggs, um, chicken salad. She'll eat chicken salad for a snack. I mean, okay. you know, Isabel and Genevieve, she eats a wide variety too, but she tends to, she has more of a variety of palate. So at this age, but again, so, so you know, so you just have, you know, vegetables or meat yeah, or some, yeah. something like that for snacks and you're yeah. not running around with a, and it doesn't have to be sweet. I mean, I think yeah. we got to get away from that, you know, and even that good natural peanut butter tastes a little bit sweet. You know, on celery, right. and that's right. what they need. Yes. So, I think it's just it's important to educate ourselves so we can educate um, our children on how to eat properly. And it it's really just sticking with whole foods. It's yes, and it's getting that first uh, food that is healthy. Yes, exactly. Them. So, uh, you know, today's show is Ask the Nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a nutrition question. Please give us a call at 651-641-1071. And, you know, we'll really do our best to answer any kind of question that you might have. So, Anna, do you think it's, should we take a quick break? Yeah, we need to take a quick break. And we'll get all these calls. Yes, I can't wait. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And because so many of the news stories are about nutrition lately, we have much to say this morning, but we like Dar said, we want to make sure that you get your question, questions answered. So if you have a question for us, just give us a call at 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. You know, we have so many classes next week available for you to sign up to take. You know, if you experience digestive problems, take gut reaction on Wednesday night in St. Paul. Or if you have moods that are just not as good as you would like, 
Take Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods in Lakeville. Or if you want to, <laughs> jumpstart your metabolism. Yes. That class is Wednesday night, July 6th in Wyzetta. You know, each class is only $25, and it's a two-hour class. Yeah. And you get a folder and recipes and all kinds of things. And, you know, $25 for you and your friend or your family member goes free. Yes. It's a great deal. Yes. So sign up, call 651-699-3438, or you can go to weightandwellness.com, and you're going to actually sign up online. Yes. And then I wanted to mention this before we went to break, and I forgot, but there's you know, if if you're struggling with diabetes or you just want to avoid it or prevent it, um, there's another class that we're going to be teaching coming up here. It's called Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic with Real Food. Um, and it's on Thursday, July 7th at our North Oaks office. Um, it's only $25, the same as our other classes, um, the two-hour classes. And you can bring a friend again or a family member for free. Free. It's a great deal <laughs> and it's great information. So um, can't get better than that. Uh, but we're gonna step in and take some callers because that's what we're all about today. So we're gonna we're gonna have Joanne on. Joanne, good morning. Good morning, Joanne. Oh, hello. Hi good there. Morning. You have a question. Have a question. For us. Hello. 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 Yep. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay. What was your question, Joanne? My question is: um, we were just talking about um, cereal as being bad for us, and we've all heard that oatmeal is, you know, the one healthy food, you know, that in the cereal line that, you know, we should be eating. So would you talk a little bit about um, oatmeal being good or bad for us? I usually put like a scoop of whey protein powder in it, put some nuts in it, and some fresh fruit, and sometimes with coconut milk. Is that like a bad? Is that too many carbs? Probably not. Now, it depends on which oatmeal you're using. If you're using steel-cut oats, you know, and that's a steel-cut means that they've taken the kernel of oats and they've used a steel blade and they've cut it in half. That's all that means, uh-huh. you know. And so you still have all the fiber in it. And then if you cook that and have a serving of that, that's probably very fine if you're mm-hmm. not gluten or grain sensitive. Right. The only people that have trouble with that would be people that are sensitive. Now, that doesn't give you protein. That gives you carbohydrates. So if you take and add an egg to that, so you have oatmeal and an egg or a little turkey sausage or something like that, then you've got a very balanced type of meal. Yeah. Okay. Or, or Joanne, the whey protein is okay, too. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's right. I, you, I missed that. That's okay. But, yeah, that's okay, too. Yes. So that's getting your good protein in there. Yes, it is. Yeah. And But at the same time, if you would buy the kind of oatmeal that is the microwave kind. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is very processed. It has no fiber left in it. They've probably added some high fructose corn syrup, you know, yeah. and and so then you've got a very processed uh, type of cereal, which is not good. Yes. Right. Okay. So then kind of in between, you know, you've got the kind that cooks in a minute, then you've got the kind that cooks in five minutes. Well, I'd either do steel cut or the kind that cooks in old five fashioned, minutes. Yeah, the old fashioned. Old fashioned. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's exactly what we use. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, and, Joanne. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. You know You're that welcome. was a great question because yes. I think you. a lot of people I enjoy have that. Your show. Bye, girl. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. <laughs> that was great. Yes. And then um, we have Suzanne on line two. Good Su- morning. Good Suzanne. morning, Suzanne. You, Suzanne, you have a question for us today. 
It might be me. This is Susan. Yeah. Susan. Oh, Susan. Sorry, okay. Susan. That's okay. what. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I do have a question. First, I have a comment. Thank you so much for the formula of um, changing carbohydrates to sugar. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, because you don't necessarily get that sugar label on the label of the goods, but you do get the carbohydrate label. So exactly. When you and sugar speaks much more highly to me or or much more guarded to me than carbohydrates do. So I'll really make a choice based on sugar much more than I will on carbohydrates. So yes. when you said the formula, carbohydrates divided by four, is your answer teaspoons? Teaspoons, yes. yes. Teaspoons Perfect. of sugar. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. You're All welcome. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. <laughs> yeah, good questions. Great question. Um, and then we have Joan on line three. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Good morning. My fingernails have deep vertical grooves in them, and they split along these grooves. And I was wondering if there was a nutritional remedy for this. Well, uh, one that I would look at first is to look at making sure that you're eating enough protein, enough Mm -hmm. animal protein. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we always say probably four ounces at at least two meals and then maybe a couple ounces for breakfast and then a couple of ounces for two of your snacks. Mm-hmm. So if okay. you add that up, you know, you've got 8, 10, 12, about 14 ounces of uh, animal type of protein. You know, mm-hmm. that can be fish, but something like that. Okay, so, I do eat lots of protein. I probably okay. get close to the 14 ounces of okay. protein. Okay. All right. Then I've I, taken your classes, so oh, I'm pretty great. much aware of so we're, did you take uh, our Weight and Wellness series? Not yet. I haven't okay. taken that yet. I okay. took the, uh, the six weeks class. Okay. So one of the things that you could, you know, I think one of the other things to look at, a couple of the other things is to look mm-hmm. at if you're low on zinc. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, that's one indication in nails. And, and probably the other ones that I would look at is certainly omega-3 fish oil. Yep. Okay. And omega six GLA. GLA, yep, definitely. That's those are the ones that come to my mind. Oh, alrighty. Sometimes yeah. biotin or or just a B complex. Yep. Too mm-hmm. sometimes B vitamins really affect the nail health too. So explain again. Tell me again. How do your nails look? They have long. They have long ridges in them. Yes, they do. Vertical ridges. Vertical, Vertical ridges. ridges. And they split along these ridges, or they're not really ridges. They're more. They're just a, a crack. Yep. Oh, crack. I, I think the fatty acids, the, yeah. the, you know, like three three omega-3s and three GLA. GLAs a day will really help you. Yeah. I will stop at your shop and get that. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Joan. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And we have more questions. And we have more questions. All right. They just keep coming. All right. So, Tracy, do you have a question for us? Oh, good morning. Good I morning. love your show. Thank, Thank you. you. What is the uh, best kind of magnesium to take? That's well. I easy. mean, it kind of depends on <laughs> so what's, Anna, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, if a person has, you know, if you if you have no problems with diarrhea or constipation, probably magnesium glycinate yeah. definitely. And what that means is that when they say glycinate, it means that it's chelated mm-hmm. and it's attached to a little bit of protein or to an amino acid, so then it gets absorbed very well. Yep. So, you know, and there are not many companies out there that sells magnesium glycinate. Right. 
And um, you have to be careful when you buy it because some of them um, don't work. (laughs) And they're too big, and that's why they don't absorb very well. Yeah. So you never want to go over like 100 milligrams if you can per tablet. Um, And then the other one, if you do have troubles with maybe constipation, um, then you'd want to do more of a magnesium citrate. And they both absorb very well, but that one actually just helps pull water into the stool. So it's like a stool softener. And one that we have at our offices is called mixed magnesium, mm-hmm. and that's in a capsule form, and it's half glycinate and half citrate. So it works very well for people that have kind of minor constipation, um, and it is easy to take. And I yes. that's the one I prefer to take myself, yeah. just because I like to take things in capsules. Yep. But... And I also use it too, Dar, if um, you're having trouble sleeping, but also are a little bit constipated. Right. I, I find that works just as well as magnesium glycinate too. And then so. we have another form. We have many forms. We have lots of forms, yeah. We have actually a form that is, it's, you can actually rub it on the skin. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cream. And so sometimes for kids who, you, you know, they don't want to swallow pills or take any other form of magnesium, you can actually just rub it on their back or on their arms, and it gets absorbed that way, and it helps them sleep. Yeah. And then we have water. Yep, water, water oz. Oh, yep. yep, and that that is um, that's a more of a liquid one. Yep. And so some people love that one because it gets absorbed for so well. Yep. So did I answer your yeah. question? <laughs> There's a lot of information. Yeah. So Thank have you. you figured out which one's best for you? Uh, the glycinate. Okay. okay. Perfect. You, and you know, never, never over 100 milligrams a tablet. Is that it? Yeah, that's about that's as because it's a big molecule, and that's yep. about as much as can can be in a tablet form. Yeah. And but how um, many how many times a day? Well, you know, usually we have people take about four of those at bedtime. Yeah. And it helps people sleep, and it gets into your your you know muscles and bones and every place that it needs to go. Yeah. While you're sleeping. So, okay. or yeah. you can, you know, if you, you don't like to do that, too. you could take one with each meal. Yeah. It's another way. And then one at bedtime. But most people need around 400 milligrams of magnesium. We're, yeah. we're, most people are very deficient in magnesium. Yeah. We don't, we don't eat the right foods or it's just our soil is depleted. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for the question today. Thanks, Tracy. Um, you know what? We might, we should probably take a break. Um, and we'll we'll get back to everybody else. Um, but you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I'm sure some of you are going to have a big party this, this weekend for the, the 4th of July. But I have a great dessert um, idea for you guys. So you just take a parfait dish and you put a layer of fresh blueberries, then a layer of strawberries, and then a layer of real whipped cream. Not ready whip or cool whip. And then you add another layer of blueberries and strawberries and real whipped cream. And my my girls love it. It's delicious. It's refreshing. It's healthy. And, um, you know, strawberries and blueberries are both pretty low in carbohydrates, so you're not going to spike your blood sugars up. So much better than a pie or cookies and all that other stuff that you could be eating. Tastes better, too. Yes, it does. No chemicals. So if you have questions for us today, 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, breast cancer is on the rise, and it is affecting younger and younger women. You know, as a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. I'm rather shocked at the number of young women I'm seeing 
with breast cancer. So I'm always kind of looking for research that may address prevention. And this past April in the Journal of Epidemiology, Biomarkers and Prevention, we reported an association between decreased levels of CoQ10. You know, CoQ10 mm-hmm. is a wonderful antioxidant and a greater risk of breast cancer in Chinese women. As nutritionists, I think the cholesterol-lowering medications called statins, mm-hmm. we know that that blocks the production of cholesterol in the liver, but it also blocks the production, the production of, of CoQ10. CoQ10. Mm-hmm. So is there a connection, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, the 200 milligrams of CoQ10 that I take for heart protection is also protecting me from breast cancer. I definitely hope so. <laughs> I, you know, I think so. I, mean, I think it's this is just one piece of powerful. prevention. Yep. You know, the broccoli you were talking about. Yes. Lots uh, of phytonutrients. Kids, yeah. Yep. That your kids eat. That's another important one. Yes. So should we take more callers? Yes, or? we have lots of callers. Okay. So we're going to... This is Ask the Nutritionist yes. today. So please call us. It's 651-641-1071 if yes. you have a question, a nutrition question. Cheryl, did you have a question for us this morning? I do. Hi. Hi there. Hello there. Um, yeah, I, I don't was... know. Anna, did you, did you hit the right... I yes. mean, we got a little buzz on this call. I can oh. hear it. Yeah, it's it's probably just her phone, Dar. Okay. Yep. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Cheryl. Um, I was diagnosed with gastroparesis about a year ago. There's like two medications that you can try to help it, but it doesn't really do anything, or it didn't in my case. I guess in a lot of cases it doesn't. So I'm having trouble finding foods that don't cause pain or how to eat, and I can no longer get medical care at the moment. Um. We've lost health insurance, unfortunately. So I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to eat or what to eat. Well, I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, do you know the cause of your gastroparesis? No. Okay. So it's not high blood sugars? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, you know, honestly, you know, I've worked with clients with it in the past, and it it would Mm -hmm. be best for you to come in with a consultation because... We have to kind of work and figure out exactly what is going to help you with this, you know, whole, you know, getting more, actually getting more movement back into the tissue. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a complicated process, mm-hmm. but it with right nutrition, you can do amazing things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the first thing that I probably look at for you is making sure that you have the right type of beneficial bacteria in your intestinal tract, which I think would be a type of bifidal bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then from that, you know, usually what I look at is it's better to have, like, cooked vegetables mm-hmm. and sometimes almost pureed vegetables that will, you know, but also you need some type of meat with that. So maybe it's the, like, fish is easier to digest sometimes, like white fish. So that, you know, you start adding those types of things. And you stay away totally from the grains. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the hardest things to digest. They are painful. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, that would be the best thing to do is if you can manage to come in for a consultation, I think we could help you get this food, uh, the right approach, and kind of go step by step until... You're able to eat without pain. Right. 
Okay. So I hope I helped you a little bit on the radio here, but... Well, I can get started. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. You. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank you for the call. Mm-hmm. Well, people have a lot of health problems these days, don't they, Anna? Yes. yes. It's it's scary. Um, but we have another caller okay. on line two. And Jenny, you had a question for us? Hello. Hello. Hello Hi. Hi. I do have a question for you, actually. Um, I have, uh, my daughter just turned one, so I am stopping, I've been breastfeeding her and I'm stopping at one, pumping at work. We're still nursing at home like two to three times a day, but not very much. And I have started to gain weight really rapidly. So I just wanted to find out if you guys could give me any advice on how to get a handle on that. This one, I think, is Anna's. <laughs> this is perfect for me. Because you're um, right there, too. I'm right there, Jenny. Um, so, but um, it, it, the opposite has happened for me, and I don't know if it's my appetite changing because I'm not nursing anymore because I, I used to have just a t- horrendous appetite when I was nursing because obviously mm-hmm. you're feeding two people. So, um, but I, I think you have to look at, you know, what what are you eating? Are you eating more of a balance, like some protein, carbohydrates, and fat, or what have you, what has been your your diet lately? Um, well, I've been trying to do a lot more on the fruits and vegetables, but I have definitely been. I have two little ones, so it's okay. been kind of crazy. I admit to eating a lot of more like convenience type foods, and I've been craving sugar like crazy. So, okay. been working on doing the more whole foods and the fruits and vegetables, but I, my sugar cravings are kind of out of control too. So. Okay. And I think, I think the biggest thing is you're, you're used to eating more calories than you, than you, than you usually do. Right. And so you you get in that habit. Cause that, that was for me too. Um, so what, what I want you, what you should start focusing on more so is making sure you get enough protein, especially in the morning. Cause that sets the okay. stage for the whole day. Okay. Um, so whether it's a couple eggs or some good turkey sausage, you don't even have to buy it. You can just make it yourself, you know, get some right. ground turkey. Um, but that's really important. At least three, like two to three ounces at, at breakfast with, you know, if you can, if you can't do vegetables in the morning, at least just some good um, like berries in the morning. And then make sure that you're eating, you know, snacks throughout the day and they need to be balanced, you know, even if it's. Um, some good yogurt with some whey protein powder and, you know, fruit, it needs to, you know, it has to, it has to have some protein in it. Cause that's, what's going to okay. keep the cravings away, but okay. also it's going to help that metabolism. But you know, Anna, one of the things that I think you're doing, and mm-hmm. that's because you, you're, you knew that you, your son was a lo- sensitive to dairy products yep. through the breast Staying milk. away from dairy. So you're staying away from yep. dairy and therefore I'm losing, you're losing weight. weight. And I think that's a key factor right yep. there. Is I I think a lot of times people that have been breastfeeding have been consuming a lot of dairy products, mm-hmm. but then when they want to lose weight, they have to cut the dairy products out, yep. and then okay. their body just lets go of the weight. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a lot. There is a lot of people. Seventy percent of us don't digest dairy hardly at all. Yeah. And that will prevent weight loss. So. But you okay. know, another idea for you. You know, we have these two-hour classes. This jumpstart your metabolism. Yes. Mm-hmm. That we're teaching. I, you know, take it because you get some a great food plan right there. Yes. And okay. great ideas. And then you'll be able to jump right on it and your metabolism will come out, back off. Yep. You know, we'll start again. Yep. Okay. And the weight will come off. Yes. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do we give you some good examples? <laughs> what was that? Do we give you enough good examples? 
You did. You did for sure. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Jenny. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So, Anna, before we take another call, yeah. I, I just want to share something here. Okay. You know, um, we have a lot of health-related stories, and there were a lot of them in the news this past, oh, past two weeks. Right. You know, and here's one that a fo- the Food and Drug Administration official reported in a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine that we have an increased risk of, say that word for me. Esophageal. Esophageal cancer. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. In people taking bone-strengthening drugs such as Fosamax, Actol, and Boniva. So these drugs are known to increase inflammation of the lining of the throat. Yeah. Oof. So we know that inflammation is either a precursor or a cause of many cancers. Yeah. So it would make sense to avoid anything that causes inflammation. You know, we often talk about how sugar causes inflammation, right, Anna? Yes. <laughs> now we're finding that these prescription drugs cause inflammation. So let's kind of go back over this. This was mm-hmm. a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine, and they are really finding that there's an increased rate of esophageal oh. cancer from these bone strengthening like Boniva, mm-hmm. Actinol, Fosamax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yep. that's it's the Sally Fields drug. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. So, but we have a better solution or answer, okay, to how you can strengthen your bones and build new bone. And the supplements, um, you know, that are best for building bones. Um, but it's it's a two-hour class next Tuesday night, July 5th. We are teaching nutritional solutions for osteoporosis. Um, it's at both our North Oaks office and our St. Paul office. Um, and it's only $25, like all the those jump starts and food mood. And you can bring a friend for free. Again, for free. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get better than that. And one of the things that we go over, we actually give out a recipe that is a bone-building soup recipe. Yes. So it doesn't always have to be supplements. Food is major, major. for building bones. Yep. We teach people how to use the right kinds of fats. Yeah. To build bones. I mean, that's a whole new concept for most people, yeah. isn't it? Most people don't that know you... that you have to have fat to build bone. Yeah. So so I just wanted huge. to kind of go over that little bit of research for people. Yes. But we're going to have to take our last break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Next week, tune in to Dar and Tomorrow because they will be discussing the food mood connection. Um, and this one's Tara's favorite topic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she'll be talking about how sugar affects your food mood connection too, <laughs> or how it affects bad moods. Yes. Um, and our six week well- weight and wellness series is also going to be starting up, um, in St. Paul. It's going to start on July 11th in Woodbury, July 12th, um, as well. And then Lakeville, July 13th, Maple Grove is on the 13th as well. North Oaks, July 14th and same with YZ. So if you have c- questions about that, um, please give our office a call. And, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Give the phone number. <laughs> okay. I wanted to find out what ones you're teaching. Oh, okay. So 651-699-3438 or visit our website. And I'm teaching the Maple Grove one. And people have fun. Yes. It's <laughs> it's a blast. You'll have fun with me if you if you're, and you'll you live. learn a lot. Yes. So oh. please, please join us. We'll be right back. Up nutrition. 
And I believe the only way we can turn this diabetes epidemic around is to help more people get the nutrition information that will actually change their life. So guess what? There was a study reported in the New England Journal of Medicine, and this is what it found, that it is potato chips that are piling on the pounds. <laughs> potato chips are even worse than pop and ice cream for piling on the pounds. And that is amazing. But you think about it, you know, we know why chips are so bad for weight gain because they turn into sugar. Um, and some of my clients say, you know, when they eat chips, they think they really are craving salt. But really, they, they're craving the carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. They're craving those, sh- the, those sugars. Four chips, four potato chips turns into one teaspoon of sugar. So in the, in the bloodstream, in, in our body. So if you, you know, if you, you can stop with four chips, I mean, but who can stop with four or even eight? Kathy and Corey. (laughs) (laughs) And they are amazing people. So, but usually people will eat half a bag or even a whole bag because there's, there's all those chemicals in there that want, that want you. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could easily down 25 teaspoons of sugar if you ate a whole bag of chips. Exactly. So just think of that. I mean, people don't really realize that when they're eating chips, they're eating sugar. Right. You know. You know, in one of our classes, and we teach this all the time, we have a slide that reads, exposure equals preference. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) If a child is exposed to chips, they will want chips. Mm -hmm. But if they're exposed to broccoli, grape tomatoes, carrots, cucumbers, they'll like vegetables, as Anna's kids do. Yes. Exposure equals preference. Yes. And even if you don't think your kids are going to like it, just have them try it. It's so important. So that's what I did with my kids. Yes. Um, more callers. We have more callers. So we're going to take Nan. She is on line three. Yeah. Nan, did you have a question for us? Um, yes. Good morning. Good morning. My question is about lecithin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I understand that you need choline and inositol to produce lecithin in the liver. I don't know if that's correct. Um, so I try to eat foods that are high, that have the lecithin and choline. Um, like adding wheat germ to my oil mm-hmm. or my oatmeal, excuse me. Um, or it, there's not a lot of food choices out there, you know, for those nutrients. Uh, so, is it necessary to supplement your diet with lecithin supplements? Anna, you want to answer this? I, yeah. You're, I mean, you're shaking your head no. So <laughs> I'm just going. Okay, my Anna's got this one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to supplement. Um, there's quite a few foods out there that have lecithin in them. Okay. Um, whether a lot of them are, it's more f- from soy lecithin, but um, you can find it um, in um, quite a few foods. It's kind of like an emulsifier. So okay. It so helps. There, is, there are good sources. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So there shouldn't be a shortage of it in our in in any way in our diets. Okay. So yeah, right. I won't worry about it. Oh, good Thanks. technical question. Very good. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, You're thank welcome. You. Um, and then we're gonna take um, Cindy. Cindy, you had a question for us on bursitis. Hello. Hello, Hello. Cindy. Cindy. Hi. You have a question. You have a question. I do. Um, I have been to. I'm up to my sixth doctor now with a pain in my left leg. Uh, it started going to a spine doctor first. They did find a, a benign tumor in the lower right-hand side of my back, but I have a pain that shoots down my right side of my 
thigh and in my groin area, and I've been told that it's finally they've decided it's bursitis. Mm-hmm. Got an EMG done. I, I saw, the last doctor I saw was a chiropractor. Uh, it, it is very painful. It's very painful to get up from sitting or laying and then putting weight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I take drugs to try to get through the day. Um, so you're wondering, what can you eat to reduce this bursitis? Yes. What so I think I as you, if we take that kind of that question generally, and mm-hmm. as, as we're working individually with clients in our office, what we would look at is the first thing that I would probably look at is to eliminate some more of the inflammatory foods, which would be, again, Gluten. Gluten. And dairy. Dairy and soy. Yep, soy too. And those are the those are three foods that are really inflammatory. And so if you just take all that, and, you know, when we say gluten, we mean, you know, anything that has wheat or rye or, wheat or, rye or barley or oats, oats all those yeah. <clears throat> foods out of your diet. So that's like pasta, bread, uh, crackers, crackers, cereals. And then yeah. that reduces the inflammation a lot. And then just take away the dairy products. You can probably keep butter, but I would mm-hmm. probably just take away all the other dairy products. And that, and of course, you know, you've got to really watch the soy because it is in all processed foods. Yep. So if it isn't soy oil, it is soy something. Yes. So if you eliminate that, that will, the soy is very inflammatory for many people. Yep. So that's kind of the first step. And then also meat, you know, good, especially high grass, quality. Ha- high quality grass fed, hormone free kind of meat is is a anti-inflammatory kind of food. Yep. So you eat that with vegetables, which are anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And then you combine that with some good oil, like olive oil is anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Coconut oil is anti-inflammatory. You know, those Avocados, kinds of, yep. yeah, so that's kind of where we would start first. Yeah. So, you know, and I think most people need help with this. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy process. You yeah. know, it sounds easy when I talked about it. It's <laughs> hard work to do this. Yeah, but you need support. <laughs> but the payoff is there. Yes. And then you look at things. You can look at supplements that, that are anti-inflammatory. A fish oil. Yep. You know, like one. at least... 3,000 a day of fish oil, maybe 6,000, to reduce some of that inflammatory. Magnesium is Mm anti-inflammatory. So you have to have enough magnesium to relax everything. Now, Um, should I have a a magnesium supplement on its own? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what kind of... Um, magnesium glycinate, glycinate yep. probably 600 my, you know, milligrams of magnesium. So those are the kinds of the things that we would look at. Plus, then we would, you know, there's some other things that are very anti-inflammatory. You know, we have a supplement in our office that's, that's called Caprex, and yep. it was designed to be an anti-inflammatory that was safe to use continually. Continue, like it's not inflammatory to the guts or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, doesn't break down your stomach lining or intestinal tract. Yeah. Uh, but we have many of those types of things that would help. But it's we always go back to real food, real food. for the best results. Yeah. So, so I hope that helps you with some ideas. You know, I think if, as much pain as you're experiencing... Again, I'd probably make a consult, have a consultation with one of us, or one of us, because because we could zero in on helping that. Yeah, and um, anyone that's having bursitis like that. Yeah. 
Definitely. And, you know, it's. I think it's hard for people to realize that food has that much impact on general inflammation in your body. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I at my age, I'm continually amazed at the fact that I don't experience inflammation in my body, even when I work out and do a lot of things because of the very careful way that I eat. Yep. So thank you very much for the call this morning. Thank you, Cindy. So, you know, I just, you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and I hope that some of this information has been important to you. And if so, you know, call your aunt, call your sister, (laughs) and tell them, listen to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes. Have a great 4th of July. Yes. Thank you. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.